Welcome everybody to the Magic Beans Podcast. We are back again for episode number 18. I'm your host and my name is Shorty and I'm joined as usual by a whole bunch of beans. Tonight on the line we have Cracker. How you going Cracker? Very well, thanks mate. Yourself? I'm pretty good. We also have Chewy. How you going Chewy? Good thanks. Hi Beans. G'day. And we have Scott the Blaster Boy. How you going Scott? Good, thank you. Evening all. G'day mate. Uh, have you recovered, Scott, from your uh, mono blue enjoyment over Christmas? <laughs> In inverted commas, He's feeling a bit now. Blue. Yeah, yes. I, I was going to say enjoyment. <laughs> that, that's a word. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not in love with it. To be honest, yeah. and uh, and uh, although playing against you uh, on Christmas Day was entertaining, I suppose, yeah, for yeah. want of a better word. Uh, I'll go into that more in my blast yeah, watch though. We'll, but, we'll uh, get into that a bit more. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Just just leaving an opening there for Chewy just to to get a quality joke to start off the podcast in there. But we have, as usual, a jam packed episode. Uh, as Wizards seems to keep doing, they keep releasing new sets and making changes to formats and banning cards. R.I.P. Chewy, and uh, giving us lots to talk about. I feel so. personally targeted, by the way. <laughs> but we'll definitely be covering all that tonight. We uh, we mentioned last year that we we're hoping to get back into our regular scheduled list of topics where we try and uh, give you guys out there a little bit of education, but uh, I don't like our chances of getting into that tonight. So we have enough other things to talk about. When you blokes but- all take a whole bunch of time off and someone has to fly solo, you know, the, the topic's going to bank up. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Chewy, you, you did a, a great job while we were away. Uh, we we definitely had opportunities to record a podcast when most of us were together, but uh, it we just played never- magic instead. Yeah, we, we played a lot of magic. <laughs> yeah. As, uh, if you're following us on Twitter or Facebook, you would have seen the photos and things we're putting up on there. Had a good time, uh, as Chewy mentioned. We uh, we managed to teach a few kids how to play and things like that, so that was good fun. But yeah, Chewy, you you flew solo for an episode and did a did a great job there. So. Well done to you, but you laid out a few challenges for us. I while, did. Uh, I did. I took the opportunity where you weren't there to defend yourself, to <laughs> throw down the gauntlet and, and put it out there on the internet. So, uh, you know, some well, amount of people... Everything that's oh, well, on the internet is true real and on true. The internet. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I posted on Facebook, so it must be. Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, I, you know, your challenge for me was to top eight a uh, basically a PTQ, the the Wizards Play Network qualifiers or a PTQ or something like that this year. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely keen to to take on board that challenge. I, I think, as you, you mentioned in that episode, it's definitely something I can achieve, as you yourself showed <laughs> this last week, which we'll get into soon. Uh, it's definitely doable for, for someone who's been playing for as long as I have. So I'm very keen to not only make a top eight, but hopefully actually win one of those events and, and make my way to a PT. That would be nice. Cracker, do you remember what your challenge was that Chewy set out for you? I do. I do. I have to make platinum on arena yep. or to XO a minimum of a four round constructed event. Okay. Well, making platinum on arena would require you to actually start playing Play it again, so. arena yeah i know we i got my email today it was uh one pretty yeah yeah <laughs> i've actually played uh, a substantial amount of arena over the last few months so doing doing pretty well on that front but yeah i think it's time that you stepped up it's uh you, you can run it on your laptop it's pretty easy for you to do and i think making platinum it's a it's a good challenge but it's definitely yeah, doable. I'm, so. I'm all for it. You've got, got 12 months to do it, so you don't have to make platinum in the next 
season, right? You can something you can yep. build upon and, yep. and sort of lock in before the end of the year. Yep. That just means you have yeah. to play magic all year. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> and uh XOing a minimum four round event. Again, definitely doable for someone uh of your capability when it comes to slinging spells. So Maybe nice. uh, maybe in an upcoming event in the, the maybe, next few weeks, yeah. we, we might be able to get there for something like that. So, definitely doable. Uh, Chris is not here to defend himself. Uh, he's maybe playing Magic tonight. We have had very little communication from Chris this week. <laughs> I'm just going to throw him under the bus there. But, uh, yeah, he managed to plan playing Magic on the same night that we record our podcast. But you can go back and listen to his challenge. Scott, your challenge. We can. Uh, I've got the easy one. Yeah, you, you got the easy one. You should definitely be able to do this. You've been saying this basically since we started this podcast that this was your plan. Well, it sounds easy, but it apparently it's years. really difficult. <laughs> <laughs> it is quite. Too- I'm just going to rock up one night, take a photo of myself inside the store, and then walk out again. So. <laughs> I'll check your planeswalker points. Yeah, yeah we, we did. <laughs> no, but I am. Um, I- I've been working on a standard deck that the- my cavalcade deck. I want to turn into a proper deck. Um, and so I'm going to work with our friends over at MTG Card Sales to finally get that deck together and then take that down with me. They do do standard on Friday Night Magic, don't yeah, they? Yeah, it's usually, usually, usually yeah. standard and draft. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I'd be disappointed if it wasn't. But, uh, but yeah, that's my plan. So once I get that deck together, I plan on taking it down because I figure it's a deck I feel very comfortable with. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you got the reps with it online, it's just, um, yeah, might as well be the deck you pick up in paper. Just remember mm. all yep. of your triggers... Yeah. That will be the real challenge with your cavalcade deck, man. Yeah. You'll just be like, attack you, and they'll be like, yep, take one, go. It should have been 12, never mind. Yeah. yeah you, don't, you don't have arena there doing it for you. Remember everything nope. and count it all up and make sure you don't miss those crucial points of damage because, yeah, with the mono red decks, that, that one point of damage that you miss, that can be the uh, the end of the game for you. So. Yeah. Also, you're not allowed to wave sparklers in your opponent's face to replicate your little fireballs. So <laughs> yeah, just, no, just, no, just, just heads up, Scotty's local game store. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's taking burn to a literal sense. Uh, yeah, just, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna take along a, a, a lighter and a yeah, can of more. Yeah, team. burning your opponent out has a whole new meaning, doesn't it? Yeah. Just, so, yeah. He's gonna be like gambit and just light cards and throw them at people. So, um, Shorty, you mentioned that we were playing a lot of magic over over the break um but you actually disappeared for a little while i think you had some work interstate uh but yeah. you managed to you know in in your carry-on luggage you managed to squeeze a deck box or two <laughs> so yeah yeah i uh, un- unexpectedly made my way down to tassie for a week just to uh, do a bit of work with one of my brothers and uh, yeah squeezed a couple of decks in the in the carry-on luggage i i was definitely over the limit and we had to do some uh some sneaky here you hold on to my laptop while i go and get my bag weighed and <laughs> those sorts of things i don't know if we should put be putting that out on the internet but uh, how, how many uh, pairs of clothes were you wearing at once man like six <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was definitely six wearing jumpers a couple on of jumpers he still looks skinny like that. yeah <laughs> i mean you were going to tassie so it was probably worthwhile yeah yeah but yeah, no, so it was down there without the family and, uh, was basically just working for the week. So I thought, well, I've got some free time. I'll, uh, I'll go and hit up the local store. So there's a couple of local stores. I was, I was in Launceston. Apparently I'm the only person that calls it Launceston and everyone else calls it Launceston. It is Launceston, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I was, I'm going to continue calling it Launceston. <laughs> but, uh, continue yeah, hit, hit up like the local store. Do sure. all the houses have lawns? <laughs> <laughs> don't pick on me <laughs> I think you forgot the point of this podcast <laughs> yeah. yeah 
<laughs> no, I'm here tonight. You can't pick on me when I'm here. <laughs> oh, whoops. <laughs> anyway, yeah, got so- managed to get to uh, to one of the local stores there and uh, play. Uh, they were running a mid- couple of midweek tournaments. So I played Standard and uh, and Pioneer. So. Got the uh, the cat oven Jund cat oven out in paper, which oh. uh, yeah is uh, is one of Scott's favourite decks. Well, how did uh, you go triggers. with all of those triggers? Yeah, that's uh... Uh, yeah. I did a uh, I did a pretty good job. I think I missed one drain trigger, which my opponent reminded me, and and so we didn't miss it. But other than that, I, th- I think I did a pretty good. I mean, I've played a ton of that deck on on Arena, so I've got it pretty much down pat. And and it's it's a bit different to the Cavalcade where you've got like fifteen triggers all at once it's um one trigger at a time and you can kind of do it pretty methodically but yeah, it was um it was good fun so i played that and then uh yeah got my first taste of playing pioneer in paper which uh yeah hadn't had a chance to do yet so I played the uh blue red phoenix which went quite well bin chickens yeah yeah but no it was a good little store so it's um scenic isle gaming down in uh, in launceston I bought cards from them on eBay a few times. Yeah, actually. yeah, yeah. I didn't didn't realize that either until I was sort of getting in touch with them on Facebook. That yeah, their uh, toothless hog is the the guy's handle or whatever on on eBay. And yeah, I've definitely bought heaps of cards from them. And, yeah, you know, I had a, had a bit of a chat to the guy there. So Jeremy, who uh, runs the store there, it's a it's a nice little shop. Like it, it's small, it's it's nothing massive and fancy, but they seem to have a pretty good uh, scene and and pretty um, you know sort of regular turnouts for their their events. And uh, yeah, nice people there. So yeah, it's a good, good bit of fun. Good to play some midweek magic, which I haven't for quite a while. And uh, when I wasn't at the store playing magic, I was at the uh, Airbnb we were staying at, just playing arena. So a good week, I reckon. In, that uh, actually in sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Should leave the family at home more often. <laughs> Hi, Kat. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, I think yeah. I think she stopped listening to this podcast. Now, oh, so okay, good. We're okay then. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Rhonda hasn't. She'll tell her. Yeah, yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, on to you, Scott. Blast the watch. We sort of uh, touched on a little bit. You, uh, you and I got together over Christmas, and we played as we mentioned. We we played a bit of mono blue versus mono red, mm-hmm. and I uh, I forced you into playing the the mono blue while I played your much beloved mono red deck. I know. I, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't worry. I've got some things to say about that too. I beat yeah, I beat yeah. him once, but yeah, it was. Um, where do we start? Christmas Day. Okay, so I took my my one favorite deck, my Cavalcade, and my least favorite deck, my Blue, um, to play against Shorty, um, and he made me play the Blue the whole time. So that was a, a, a an exciting moment for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then to just to top it off, he, not only did he not play his stupid. Um, cat deck against me which which was, was the worst thing ever especially considering i didn't know how to use this blue deck at all he then just to rub salt in the wounds decided to play my cavalcade deck against me as well so <laughs> the deck that i was actually hoping to play um but no it was it was a good day i mean we always it was always fun to actually sit in front of someone and, and play a game um especially a deck that you don't know um but no it was it was a good day I, i'm sure yeah, i'm like- my, my sort of theory there was that you're playing against a deck that you know inside and out, so it would kind of give you a, a bit more of an advantage when you're trying to figure out what spells to counter and that sort of stuff because you know you know what the deck is rather than playing against an unknown deck that you've never seen before. Mm. 
Yeah, no, well, as soon as you were putting the cast down, I knew exactly what was coming my way. So uh, I was ready for that. But I, I think one thing I did take out of that blue deck, though, was uh, knowing what spells you were casting and which ones I had to then counter. Um, yeah. and, and that was a good good experience because in the past, like Arena does hold your hand a lot, even with the decks that are fairly new to you, that does still hold your hand. But in this case, I really had to sort of think, okay, you're playing that Cavalcade now. That's that's the spell I need to get rid of straight away. Um, and I think we even had a game where I was ready to get rid of a particular spell. I can't remember what it was that you cast. And you sort of said, no, no, hold on to it because the next spell that comes out might be the one you want to get rid of the most. And it was. Yeah. So, uh, so it's, it's learning that part of it, which is which is interesting. Yeah, and as, like playing a... I mean, the deck that you're playing, the Mono Blues, it's not really a control deck as such. It's more of a tempo type deck. Mm. Um, but when you're playing counter spells and, and especially a proper control deck, knowing the meta game and knowing what spells, what spells matter, what spells you need to counter, uh, what else your opponent could have in their hand, uh, those sorts of things, that's, it's kind of essential. You really need to know that sort of stuff. And that's often why early on in a format, you'll see ag- aggressive decks be really popular and do really well because the control decks kind of need to know what they're going up against before they can actually be successful. So, yeah, like from my side of those matchups or the games that we played, I, I know the metagame, I know the decks, all that sort of stuff. I know what could be in your hand. And I, th- I know we had a, a situation where you had s- three mana untapped and you cast a one mana spell in your main phase, so leaving you with two two mana untapped. Uh, and then you pass the turn to me and, and I explain to you then that straight away that indicates to me what the possible counter spells are that you could have because you've only got two mana now. Mm. So I, I now know you could only have a quench or a, an essence capture. So then that then gives me the ability in my turn to then play around those counter spells. And, and I know like from our conversation on the day, that was something that you'd never even considered no. to, to think about. So. Yeah, just a good chance to sort of open your eyes a little bit more to, to that next next level, which hopefully you'll be at soon enough, especially if you actually get down to an FNM and start <laughs> playing. Magic is a hard game. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, think, I think the worst thing, though, was at the end of it, you know, when we were getting ready to sort of put our mats away and he then took my Chandra cards out of their, out of their sleeves and tore them up in front of me. I thought, <laughs> <laughs> what? And laughed the whole time he was doing it. I just I thought, yeah. Okay. That's a bit wrong, really. <laughs> Set your playmat on fire. Yeah. And- <laughs> he took, took my playmat out of the backyard, <laughs> threw it away. Yeah, it was you very, are never playing these again. Very unsportsmanlike behaviour. <laughs> Call a judge. Call a judge. Yeah. <laughs> Rhonda was laughing as well, man. Uh, a few yeah. of them, uh, a couple of the, the family members were in the kitchen at the time saying, oh, how's it going over there? And I said, I'm getting a lesson in, humil- in humanity. Uh, not humanity, sorry, humility. <laughs> humility. <laughs> humility <laughs> and humanity. <laughs> but no, it was a good day. Yeah, yeah, good fun. But uh, I think the other thing you wanted to talk about was the game that got announced, or I think we sort of mentioned it previously, the um, the Magic Legends mm. MMO that looks like it's coming out. They've sort of released a few more details about that. Mm. And, uh, yeah. I haven't seen this. I haven't seen this. I'm, I'm okay. curious. Get yourself comfy. It's time for rants. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to be a bit of a Debbie Downey here, unfortunately. Um, I mean, as you guys know, I love gaming. It's one of the things I do, apart from magic, I do really like my gaming. And so when they announced this, I was looking forward to it, particularly because they kept touting MMO. Um, let's just say MMO was a bait and switch. It is not an MMO. Uh, they've released 
gameplay footage now showing it really is just another Diablo game, uh, which is good. I mean, I've got nothing wrong so with it. So it's co-op rather it's, than... It's co-op-y. Yeah, they reckon you do come across other players. I don't know how that's going to play out, but the gameplay itself very, very looks very much like a Diablo-esque type game. And that in itself is great. Like, I don't mind that at all, as long as it's a good playable game. But I think the, the using the MMO phrase was what they used to get everybody in. And now if you go onto the website now, um, MMO has been removed entirely from the website. <laughs> okay. There's no mention at all about MMO. <laughs> um, and, and that's, that's not like Wizards to backtrack on things that they announce. Well, we, we, in, we've never seen that before. <laughs> in Wizards' defense, though, I don't think it's them. I think it's more cryptic. And yeah. um, and perfect worlds are behind it because they're the ones developing the game. Um, Maybe Cryptic set out a command to uh, <laughs> change the name. Yeah. <laughs> Scott probably doesn't ever get that joke. No, no. <laughs> but can I, I'm going to jump in and just play a little bit of Dev- Devil's Advocate, Scott, because I know you were really excited about MMOs, but MMOs are personally my. I've never enjoyed playing an MMO, mm. um, so I'm actually more excited now. <laughs> You can hear the disapproval in his voice. I know. No, no, no. I totally agree. I'd much rather play a co-op, and we've done. We've had games like Shorty, uh, and with uh, a couple of others, where we'll do like a monthly thing where we'll actually like pack up our computers and take them to someone's house and play co-op, and it's and it's awesome. We play till you know. Sometimes we play until somebody at the pre-release, but other times you know into the wee hours. Yeah, it always ends up on a night that there's a (laughs) pre-release. Yeah. Uh, and I love that because it's that, that social aspect. And I guess, you know, that's why I like magic. But And maybe I would like MMOs if I got into with them, but I would much rather play with, a, you know, my, my close mates or, like, hibernate by myself and have that sort of disconnect. So, yeah. But, no, yeah. look, don't, don't get me wrong. I think I probably haven't explained myself very well. I'm not much of an MMO player anymore myself. Um, I haven't played an MMO now in probably about, 12 months um my my core gaming now is more like it's it's your co-op stuff it's your it's your battlefields it's your diablos um your star wars battlefront that sort of stuff the, the stuff that you play with friends yeah um and so for them to do this is would actually be more appealing to me than if it was actually an mmo because i think as a as a co-op yeah, type diablo game it would appeal to me more what annoyed me the most about it was that they used the whole mmo uh, phrase to sort of try and suck a lot of people in, thinking, oh, it's a brand new MMO, it's going to be huge. Um, that's the only thing that annoyed me about that. The other thing that's annoyed me too is that Perfect Worlds and Cryptic are behind it, and they are predominantly known as the pay-to-win um, developers out there. All of their games are very predatory in microtransactions. Um, like in this particular game, your skill sets, or so like in Diablo, you've got your three or four skills that you can get off all the time. These are in this game. It's based upon like a twelve deck card uh, card based system, and those skills revolve as you play the game. Um, and so, but the only way you can get those skills from what we're seeing is to buy the the cards or loot loot boxes for for one of a better of a term. But it's realistic, <laughs> so they they bring out new sets, and we have to spend money on them, right? Yeah, it's, it's so perfect. it's actually magic, right? It's, it's, it's a perfect like wizard, wizard exactly. The perfect partners, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the, I mean, if, if, if anyone's going to do it, it's Wizards, Perfect World of Cryptic. So it's, it, you know, I think you just need to be prepared for the fact that you're probably going to have to spend a lot of money in-game because the game will be free to play and free to buy. Like, it's, well, it's free. Uh, but all the microtransactions is what's going to, I think, kill the game, which is a bit of a bit of a. So you've got to buy your decks in paper, buy them on Magic Online, buy them on Arena. And buy them in Legends. Buy them in Legends. <laughs> 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 the wizards, they're smart. Yeah, well... <laughs> 
<laughs> so that's, yeah. that's that's the only thing I'm a little bit worried about with this particular game. But then again, the gameplay I did see did look pretty cool. Like there was yeah, a, I've seen a couple of videos of it. It looked looked pretty decent. Yeah, I think they've got a planeswalker sort of floating around and um, and casting off all sorts of spells. And they yeah, he looked looked a little bit like Jace. He was some sort of mental mage yeah. type type dude. And, yeah, and yeah. there was a, a red one that I saw a red planeswalker with all sorts of fireball spells and. That looked really cool. Um, yep. So yeah, I, I, I haven't totally buried and buried the game yet, but I'm a, I'm a little bit. What I saw this week um, upset me a little bit. Yeah, that, that, I that, think it's still a long way off. I, d- I doubt that we'll even get it this year. No, I don't think so. But that's that's my rant over for that one. I was just yep. uh, just a little bit disappointed. <laughs> They'll just release a little clip of Chandra somewhere, and, and it's got to be like, all right, all in. Let's go. Take all my just, money. Yeah. Just reskin that red mage, and he's sorted. Yeah. This did, time did of year from now, I'll be a, telling how good this game is. Did you know there's actually a Chandra comic? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I haven't read it. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you knew they were there. Man, like shelves of stuff. Stuff. There's a there's a whole bunch of them. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think all the planeswalkers have comics out at, that I can remember. Even a few of the planeswalkers I don't know. <laughs> yeah, nice. All right, that's enough from you, Scott. Let's uh, let's give Chewie his get lost. <laughs> his five seconds in the spotlight. <laughs> so, Chewie, we mentioned it a little bit already. You played in a uh, what turned out to be, which I I didn't realize. I don't know if you realized this as well, but it was a preliminary Wizards Play Network qualifier. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Wizards are now just getting random letters of the alphabet and mashing them together. Yeah, and, and so I, I don't know if that's actually a thing from Wizards. Like, I know there are Wizards Play Network qualifiers. That's basically a PTQ that is held at certain stores. The like stores of certain sizes are allowed to run them. Yeah. So like Games Lab has had one already earlier this year, and they've got another one coming up in early March. But for some reason, Next Level Games in Ringwood, they've decided to, and it could be based on the size of the store and wanting to keep numbers lower or something like that. But basically, they're running two preliminary qualifiers, which then qualify you for the actual qualifier. Yeah, yeah. so you have to, uh, it's a little bit like the PPTQ system that we had yeah, 12 or 18 months ago. So, original yeah, so they, they'll run the 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 preliminary WPNQ or whatever it's called. Um, uh, and if you top 16 that event, that qualifies you for the for the next event, which you get free entry to if you're top 16, as well yeah. as the, the, the promo card. So yep. um, so I went to the, the preliminary WPNQ. Um, <laughs> wow. It's a mouthful. Like it's a, yeah, it doesn't even make, you know, it's not phonetic in any way but uh yeah i went i went there um last week and i did top 16 um i finished seventh at the end of the swiss um after there were 63 players so there were six rounds total so i essentially got the eldrazi tron list from you know four or five months ago when we played the ptq when it was like hogax everywhere and changed like two cards because it's all i really had time and sort of mental capacity to do so uh, it wasn't an updated list but i managed to uh top eight that event which was um uh a surprise <laughs> um but um yeah it was pretty rusty there was a few games that i lost that were um uh wholly uh and solely my fault uh but the deck feels um you know really quite powerful uh so i've qualified for the for the next phase which is uh the week after next which will be yeah at the same venue at next level games in ringwood 
and we'll have to, um, yeah, if I win that, I'm on the Pro Tour. So it's a 32-player event. Again, um, you're on the Pro Tour again. Yes. Um, <laughs> for, you know, it's been, you know, for, for, you know, 12 years apart or something. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, I was just happy to make top 16. The made top eight, uh, you know, the prize support was uh, fairly decent. Got yeah, a bunch what, of what did you actually credit. get? So you, you ended uh, up seventh, you said? Yes, uh, finished seventh at the end of the Swiss and then just, like, crashed and burned in the Eldrazi Tron mirror um, in the quarterfinals. Uh, but I, the it was a $40 entry for the event and I got a $90 store credit and a collector's booster. Out no, of it. Nice. So, nice. Um, I was pretty pretty happy with that for plus like six hours entertainment with a bunch of good humans. So yeah, um, I always factor that in. Um, it was um, yeah, it was it was really good. Um, shout out to to Riley who's also a who also made top eight. He's a friend of the podcast. Um, he was playing mono red prowess. Uh, he also bowed out in the quarters, but um, yeah, uh, always seems to be in and around the the top tables. Uh, Riley, so good on him. Um, so yeah, I um, I played Eldrazi Tron uh, with uh, Khan, the great creator. So I was able to pull you know worm coil engines and liquid metal coatings and walking blisters out of my sideboard. Um, one of the things I did pull out of my sideboard as a wish target a number of times was Mycosynth Lattice. But <laughs> now you've pulled <laughs> it out permanently. But yeah, yeah. now I, now I can't do that anymore because <laughs> um, uh, yeah, um, I, I said. You know, in the in the intro, when um, they when Shorty's talking about bannings, that I feel personally targeted. And look, it, it would be remiss of me to have a podcast without mentioning Crack Clan Ironworks um, and, 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 the, and the, the the sting, <laughs> the the ongoing sting of that being banned. Uh, but yeah, there was a ban announcement, and they banned Oko, which was amazing. That that needed to happen. Um, the card was a mistake, and it's good that they've taken responsibility for that and and done the bannings but um they've also banned mox opal and mycosynth lattice so it's the two about de- time for mox opal well the, i've been playing mox opal, opal decks for well since uh, basically since i got back into magic like when we um you know when you dragged me yeah. kicking and, and screaming and back back back, back then everyone play. was saying oh yeah mox opal really should get banned yeah <laughs> and, and, and they, they they finally did but years. yeah but on i Whilst I'm, I really like the Eldrazi Tron deck, and I'm, you know, obviously, you know, it's a sixty. I think it was sixty-three players. It was one shy of the sixty-four player cap. Um, I I top aided, you know, a, an event of that size. I'm really happy with that. But I am a bit sad that I didn't play Affinity just one last time because I've been playing that deck for a really, really long time, and it's a, a deck that with it's basically the the evolution of my first ever magic deck affinity. So I've got, you know, some um, some sentiment attached to it. So to miss out on my last opportunity to play that, um, yeah, I'm a bit sad about that. But, you know, Eldrazi Tron was clearly the right choice for the tournament. But, um, yeah, Mox Opal going, Mycosynth Lattice going. Um, I'm, I was actually really surprised about it. It's a, it's, it's a lock piece out of like one deck, really. Like the Eldrazi Tron deck plays it. Some Green Tron deck, Green Tron lists play it, but it's not kind of the norm. But I guess it's kind of unfun. So I get that. But yeah, banning, banning Opal and Urza, sorry, not Urza, um, Oko, Oko sort of shuts down that particular Urza strategy and a couple of other decks. So 
Uh, I get that. But, yeah, the lattice um, was a surprise, but I think the Eldrazi Tron deck is still pretty good. I'm still going to play it. Yeah, so, so like, sorry, Greg. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, it, it was actually still posting um, really good results recently in Magic Online. So it was it had quite a good overall win percentage, and it's just a total feels bad, right? Like, we were testing just before the tournament you went to, and I was just like, uh, okay, I play Khan, I fetch this. I'm like, oh, well, I can't kill you next turn, so that's the end of my game. And, like, like that's fine because, you know, you're paying, what, 10 mana to do that. But yeah. you still only tap three lands. <laughs> to, <laughs> or four, to get four, land, four land for, four land for um, yeah, and... I, well, sure, but over yeah. two turns. And so, like, yeah. I think they just took the opportunity while they're like, well, hey, we're here banning stuff anyway. Let's just get rid of something that people are going to complain about inevitably. Because um, it's, you know, like, it, when Microsynth Lattice was printed, it was, like, never one of those things that they would consider, you know, like null rotting on a planeswalker. No, that wasn't it wasn't in the sort of the yeah. roadmap at the time. I get that. But, yeah, it's a... Um, I'm not... You know, it doesn't kill the deck by any, you know, it, it doesn't have as big of an effect as what Banning Opal does have Correct. on Affinity. Yeah. I think Affinity and Hardened Scales are kind of casualties of the um, the Urza decks being how they were. Um, so that's unfortunate. I, I, yeah, I feel, I feel more disappointed about that, about losing, you know, two, two decks that, you know, have been well. Affinity's been around since the inception of modern, so that's a little bit of an end of an era. Um, and the hardened scales deck, you know, wasn't particularly you know uh, popular at the time, so it's just yeah, that's that's gone now. But yeah, it's a. Um, I think it's good for the overall health of the format. Uh, it just you know the the two decks that I uh, currently have together for modern. Um, you know, one of them loses a um you know an i win button uh which you know gets it out of trouble in you know some of its worst matchups and another deck that yeah i said that as i mentioned i got some nostalgia with is uh kind of gone forever so um but it's um enough about me and my my whinging i'm really happy i made a top eight um <laughs> and you know in a couple of weeks i'm gonna go and try and you know qualify for the pro tour um yeah. but it was, it's- it was pretty cool seeing the updates all day while, while you're playing and it's like, oh, yeah, well, one again and one again and one again. It's like, oh, yeah, he's, I've, he's doing I've, it. Yeah, I, um, I, I won the first round and I lost the second and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm just going to concentrate on um, on top 16 now. And then I just kind of kept winning. And um, I drew Chalice of the Void a lot and I won a lot of dice rolls. And, and that combination means that, you know, Chalice on one and that <laughs> that stops a lot of decks in modern. Yeah. Um and um yeah i was uh was even able to you know id into into the top eight and yeah i just it was a bit of a disappointing finish i did not play very well in the uh in the last round a bit of rust a bit of fatigue um you know my magic fitness if you like yeah that that mental fitness um yeah i i can't i hit the wall i'll be honest and yeah. um yeah, I, did, I I made some um, made some mistakes, but uh, my opponent um, played really well, and um, so yeah, deserved the win anyway. So it's um, yeah, we'll uh, may get my opportunity to exact my revenge. Mm. Um, so in the a next weeks. the finals effectively, like the actual qualifier is in uh, less than two weeks now. So it'll be before our next podcast. 
are yeah. you thinking you'll be sticking with Eldrazi Tron? Like we've sort of had a bit of a discussion uh, yeah. off air that it, yeah, it sounds like it seems like Eldrazi Tron is basically the same deck. It just doesn't have that that one lock piece that can get you out of trouble sometimes, but it still functions effectively the same. Yeah, you you know you certainly won a lot of games without getting lattice. You know, sometimes yeah. you get ballista. Sometimes you just didn't draw Khan and just attacked people with yeah. You know, reality So yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll I'll stick with it. Um, what I'm, I guess I'm uh, trying to to consider now is with the metagame shift, um, how popular dredge or you know a, a a graveyard strategy like that would be, and uh, you know whether I need to play ley lines in the board or. Um, some more spot removal or, you know, what my sideboard looks like in a post-lattice world. You know, will will Storm be more popular? So, therefore, I want a Trinisphere, things like that. So, um, and I guess the beauty of the Wish sideboard is, you know, if you, you can kind of hedge a little bit and you just play yeah. one, yeah, just one, one Trinisphere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, hopefully that, uh, hopefully I've kind of figured that out. Um, there's there's a lot of artifacts in modern um, that, uh, that you can play that are all pretty useful. So, I'm not sure what I am going to to play as yet uh, in the sideboard, but I'll definitely stick with that. Okay, cool. So Oko is now banned in every format except for Vintage? Legacy. 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 Still, still legal in Legacy for, for the time being. Ren and Six got banned in Legacy, but not ah, Oko. that's right. Yeah, that was the one. Yeah, I, I think they uh, I think they made a little bit of a mistake <laughs> on that card, but yeah, safe safe to say I'm I'm glad to see it gone because it was uh, like looking at modern lists these days, people are putting Oko in burn. Like yep. just it's like oh I'm playing green. Oh well, I might as well just splash blue and play Oko. Like why not? So yeah, it's a a little bit of a stupid card. Mox Opal. I'm I'm. Kind of glad to see Mox Opal go personally. It, it does suck a little bit that it affects Affinity, but it's a card that should shouldn't really be in uh, in modern. Um, you know, it's fine fine in Legacy where you've got other Moxes, but in modern, yeah, probably shouldn't be there. And it, yeah, I, th- I think they've probably done the right thing by taking out Microsynth Lattice while they've sort of got the opportunity. And hopefully, we won't see any major changes in modern for for quite a while. And it can sort of stabilise a little bit and we can start to see a little bit more creativity in decks and not just Oko this, Oko that. Well, they, they need to keep Modern healthy because it's now got direct competition with Pioneer, right? Yeah. So it's uh, Modern's sweet. Like, I Modern, modern is probably my favourite format, um, but I but when Modern's bad, it's really bad. Yeah. And we, we saw that with Hogak, right? So, yep. yeah, it's, uh, it is... Something that uh, I'm glad that Wizards is paying attention to it, and uh, then they're not just focusing on, on you know their their, their new baby with uh, with Pioneer. Mm. Speaking of new babies, we have a uh, a new set coming out. <laughs> I, was of, I was really scared for a second. I was like, "What is going on? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, we're having another kid. <laughs> who's who's announcing what now? <laughs> no, we are not. We are not having another kid. <laughs> <laughs> just, just make sure that's clear. <laughs> no, there is a new set coming out. We've mentioned it a few times on the last couple of podcasts. Theros Beyond Death. We're returning back to Theros again, which is the Greek mythology-based world. Uh, and I know for a few of us on this cast, we sort of came back into playing Standard when Theros was sort of still kicking around. So we've sort of seen some of it before, uh, but but not haven't really had a chance to play with it as the main feature in a set. So 
Uh, it should be pretty interesting, but we have the pre-release, so we're recording this on the Thursday night, as we normally do, and pre-release is tomorrow, so I believe most of us are planning on attending the 7 o'clock session at Ringwood tomorrow night, other other than you, I think, Scott. Yeah, no, it's too far for me. Yeah, <laughs> too, too far <laughs> for a Friday night, but I think the rest of us will be there, and yeah, as we've sort of been through with pre-releases before how to sort of go about building your pool and a few of those sorts of basics. So, if, if you haven't heard that, those casts, go back and look for our, through our previous episodes and you'll find some on pre-releases. Uh, but, yeah, we thought we'd just have a bit of a chat about some of the mechanics and, and things like that in in Theros. So, Cracker, I think you've got uh, got some stuff to take us away on there. I do, I do. So, there's, there's a couple of returning ones which we'll be able to cover off pretty quickly. Um, so, the most recently returning mechanic is Sagas. So, Sagas are back, which is awesome. Uh, they were from the Dominaria set. Um, so, they're an enchantment and they have chapters. So, the first chapter triggers when you cast the Saga and then each subsequent chapter will occur at the beginning of your first main phase. So, there's one here I'm just looking at. It's called Elspeth's Nightmare. It's two and a black. Uh, the first chapter is destroy target creature and opponent controls with power two or less. The second chapter is target opponent reveals their hand. You choose a non-creature, non-land card from it. That player discards that card. And then chapter three is, oh, why did I pick this one? Exile target opponent's <laughs> graveyard. <laughs> anyway, um, so Saga's really cool. Um, one of the big themes in the um, Theros plane is enchantments. So there is... There's a lot of, um, like, enchantment removal. There's a lot of just, like, there are flash enchantments. There's a lot of enchantment matters. This constellation is one of the um, other key mechanics, which we'll get to in just a second. So, just before you jump off this card, Mm. if you have a look at the art of Elspeth's Nightmare, Mm -hmm. that's pretty close to a Phyrexian there, right? Is that a... Are we we going back to Phyrexia in the next... So, do you, see, do you see that little spear thing that they're handing her? Some of the other artwork of Elspeth with that new black spear she's got, people are mm. suggesting, is covered in the ichor, which is Phyrexian hey. black mm. sludgy stuff. So, yeah, I think there's some foreshadowing there. Yeah, nice. Okay. Right. Uh, something cool. to keep an eye on. Yeah. yeah. It is cool when they, they sort of hide those little things in the artwork. The and little Easter eggs. Yeah. yeah. We saw that um, a few years ago with the Eldrazi set, the sort of the one before that. It was- like you had all these cool art and then it was like, oh, hang on. If you look at that, that guy's got a tentacle hand and things like that. Yeah, like, that's oh, right. Hang yeah. On. yeah, there was lots of foreshadowing for Emrakul in that one. And yeah. even in the flavor text, they were talking about the fact that they travel as a three and stuff like that. And we don't yeah, see like yeah. Kozilek and all the Mog and things. So, yeah. Anyway, that's that's an old set. That sorry. is an old set. But sorry, uh, yeah, sh- sh- really cool. Again. Uh, no, you're good. You're good. So, so one of the other... Um, there's a couple of returning mechanics from Theros from the last time we were there. So, one which we just mentioned is Constellation. So, Constellation is a keyword that will be on a permanent, so either a creature or on an enchantment itself. And it will basically says that when an enchantment enters the battlefield, something happens. So, there are cards that will say, like, there's a green creature that gives a plus one, plus one counter on itself when a, another um, enchantment enters the battlefield. Some of them will do, like, minus X, minus X to creatures for the number of enchantments you have. There's there's all sorts of different things. So, whenever you see the keyword constellation, it is about enchantments entering the battlefield. So, fairly easy, fairly powerful. And keep in mind, there are a lot of enchantment creatures, which is really cool because then there are also um, cards like just disenchant so enchantment removal actually works as creature removal as well which is kind of fun 
Um, the other returning mechanic from the last time we were in Theros is Devotion, which is everyone's favorite thing. There was the infamous <laughs> mono black and mono blue Devotions from, from original Theros. Um, and basically what Devotion says is for each color mana symbol on permanence you control um, is your Devotion. So you might have, I mean, the, the quintessential card that everyone's like hyping up about is Grey Merchant of Ashfordel. Right, which is three and Gary. two black. Gary, as he is affectionately called. Um, and basically what happens is you, when Gary, when Gary, when the Grey Merchant of Ashfordel enters <laughs> nice, the battlefield, Gary. <laughs> uh, each opponent loses X life where X is your devotion to black and you gain life equal to the amount of lost, life lost this way. So he's a five mana, two, four, that if you cast with a completely empty battlefield, he drains all your opponents for two and you gain two or in a one-on-one game. But if you've got things like Bolas of Citadel in play, which has got three black pips, then all of a sudden it drains for five. So it's one of those things where it goes up and up. And so um, the other thing that will happen with Devotion is you'll see there's, I think it's called the Nyx Lotus, which is a four mana artifact that taps equal to the amount of Devotion you have. So um, there'll be a lot of things to do around permanence on the battlefield, which is really cool. So this, this set will be... Like the last set, Theros set, standard, was really grindy. Big, long games, big, long, splashy effects. Um, there's all the gods, which are all based on devotion. So, they're enchantments that become creatures when you reach an amount of devotion equal to whatever it says on the card. So, some of them are five, some of them are more. So, yeah, it devotion's fun. And it's really flavorful as well with the gods. It's, it really yeah, it's, is. You know, yeah, yeah. The god kind is here and they do a thing, but then... Yeah, to so actually... All, all, yeah, yeah, all the gods have a passive ability. So, like, there's there's Thassa. The new Thassa is the blue god. Um, and basically, her passive ability is at the beginning of your end step, you exile one of your creatures and it comes back into play. So, you blink it. And so, then there are lots of blue creatures and white creatures that have, like, enter the battlefield tr- triggers. So, you know, you might get to scry a bunch or you might get to draw some cards or tap something down. So, there's... There's all those kinds of things. But eventually when you have enough devotion, so Thassa has enough worshippers effectively, she becomes like a 6-5 indestructible creature. So, And then it has her ability as well. So, yeah, very flavorful. And, and devotion, it's pretty easy to work out. Like you literally it just really count, the, count coloreds, the, the colored mana symbols in the permanence that you have on the battlefield. Yep, so nothing to do with the stack, nothing to do with your hand or your graveyard. Yep. It's the creatures and enchantments you can see. Yep. Uh, and so there's a new new mechanic for this one, um, which is called escape. And so escape is a new keyword, and it says uh, I'm looking at one here called cling to dust. So I just had some. Uh, it says okay, so cling to dust is an instant. It says exile target card from a graveyard. If it was a creature card, you gain three life. Otherwise, you draw a card, and that has escape of three and a black. And it says exile five of the cards from your graveyard, and it and then you cast this card again. So it's similar to Flashback or um, Jumpstart. So these other mechanics we've had where you can cast cards from your graveyard. But you're but not exiling this card. Exactly. Though, right? the, the big difference mm. is that with those those effects, they're, they're one time. So you, you exile them and then they're gone. Like you, you can't ever cast them again. Whereas these ones go back into the graveyard. And as long as you can keep paying their escape costs, then they can continually be cast which is really cool so the you know there's the new elspeth planeswalker and all of her abilities are minus abilities but then she has an escape um there are the titans and the new titans are really interesting so they're 
I should have had these ones uh, pulled up. There's a blue-green one, which is called Oro, and <clears throat> it costs blue and a green. And when it enters the battlefield, you can uh, draw a card and put a land into play. But then it becomes sacrificed unless it was escaped. And so then there is an escape cost of, uh, I think it's five. Blue, blue, green, green. Oh, yeah, blue, blue, that's it. Exactly. So blue, blue, green, green. Uh, and then it comes into the battlefield and it's a 6-6 six, six, with the same effect. And then when you attack, it has the same effect again. So, um, And then there's also the black, red one, which is, I'm trying to remember, I think you're... Uh, whenever you discard, this got the thing text there. Yeah, enters a battlefield or attacks, each opponent discards a card, then each opponent who didn't discard a non-land card this way loses three life. There you go. And it's sweet art on that if you yeah, haven't looked it up. Cool. It's very, very cool. So, yeah, that's that's kind of the new and returning mechanics for the set. Um, there's there's other things which are evergreen now. So there's like Scry and Lifelink and Trample and Flying and all those kind of um, staples, which are really great. Um, but, yeah, those are the, the set-specific ones, which will be um, which will be cool. Looking Really looking forward to playing with this stuff. Escape is on creatures as well as spells. Instance and sorceries, correct. Yep. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, escape is a pretty cool mechanic, actually. And yeah, as long as long as you can continue filling your graveyard, then you can just keep casting the the spell out of your graveyard. So we've uh, we've never seen any issues with that before in the past. No, never. Recently, no. last year. Um, Scott, have you seen the the full art basic lands that out of oh, the set? I was just about to mention that of everything you're talking about. <laughs> I just keep looking at those land. Yeah, cards. me too. That's why they I'm are amazing. I'm thinking. They're so cool. Yeah. You want twenty of those mountains, oh, don't you? Absolutely, all of them. They're all they're all great. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah, they're really they nice. Are pretty cool. Um, while we're on the topic of lands, this set's also going to finish the cycle of um, uh, temples. temples. Uh, so we will get the the other coloured temples. But uh, something that I'm uh, quite excited about from a standard perspective is a reprint of Field of Ruin as well. I think that's a, a really good card to have in the standard format. So, yeah, um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see that one just stay in standard now. Yeah, it would, would probably I, I think be that's pretty just good a, with um, Field of the Dead and those sorts of cards getting yeah. around. Yeah, it would have been. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it would have been great. Yeah. <laughs> i got a got a, a question, though, um, and it's got nothing to do with the actual mechanics. The mechanics, I understand, they're quite good. But one particular card I was looking at the other day, and it's the wording on it has just got me stumped. And I was reading it just now thinking, oh, I'll understand it now. still don't understand it. Hactos the Unscarred, it's a two red, two white, uh, and it says Hactos the Unscarred attacks each combat if able. Fair enough. As Hactos enters the battlefield, choose two, three, or four at random. Mm. Hactos has protection from each converted mana cost other than the chosen number. What does yep. that mean? Choose two, three, or four at random. Okay. <laughs> so, it means we're trying to play Hearthstone is what it means. So what, what happens is you would literally... St- grab a d6 and say one two is two two three is or yeah uh, three four is three five six is four yep. so you roll, you the, d3. Roll, you roll the dice at all. <laughs> and then yeah. basically it, what that means is when, when a card has protection if you've got a creature that is a uh, a three mana three three and your guy has protection from everything but three mana spells then you know like they can block it and kill it but otherwise you can just attack and they can't block or you can block and it can't deal damage to it it's weird yeah protection's one of those odd ones where damage is prevented um the creatures can't block uh you can't enchant the creature 
um, basically, yeah. They can't c- target it with spells. Yeah. Uh, protection is a really powerful um, uh, mechanic, uh, ability, uh, but this card is confusing because, yeah, to, to yeah, choose I'll- that... Yeah. I'm still trying to get my head around it. So, okay, so I play the card, um, put it down, he enters the battlefield, so I roll, say, we'll say a, a four, four D3. die. Yeah. Yeah, D3. Okay, so I roll a six, so that represents four. Yeah. What happens then? So, okay, I'll, I'll, roll, a, I'll roll a four. <laughs> <laughs> so he now has protection from anything, whether it's a creature, an enchantment, an instant sorcery, anything that has a converted mana cost, so its total oh, mana cost okay. is four. Oh, so okay. any, anything no, that costs except four, isn't it? Oh, sorry, except for four. Yes. Yeah. So, oh, so that means anything around. that costs one, two, three, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 15. whatever. Yeah, yeah, every anything doesn't do anything to it. So there's, it's basically the 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 law behind this Scott is it's Achilles, and that's yeah, his Achilles. Achilles heel. So there's this okay. one thing that can do damage to this guy, or, or you know, kill him or whatever, and anything else is basically indestructible too. His, his flavor text says, many have sought my weakness, all have failed. Okay. Yeah. So, depending upon what type of opponent you're against, if, I, if you're up against a, a, a low mana cost red deck, you'd want to roll on a, a low figure. Uh, but then if you're playing against like a, a green player or something with a higher creature count, you'd want to have a higher number. No, I think you want the opposite Probably to that, don't the, you? The, the other opposite. way around, yeah. Oh. Yep. Yeah, so... Yeah, ridiculous. Okay, this is a card I will not be all. playing. Scott opens the pre-release and just tears it up. <laughs> I, I don't think this card's particularly good anyway, Scott. Like, good. Uh, like red, red, white, white for a 6-1 uh, is hard to cast. If, if he had haste, maybe it would be good. But, yeah, to add that random thing on there, I don't know. I'll probably lose to this card, but... Oh, um, I don't know, yeah. man. I, I think it seems really strong and limited. Uh, it's, Fine, limited, yeah, it's very strong. Uh, I don't know. Agreed. The mana cost is prohibitive, but, I mean, you cast it at any point after turn four or five, and, I mean, what do they do? They've got to have... If they don't have any, like, three drops, all of a sudden you just, like, smash their face in. They've got to have that exact CMC. Yeah, but how many many limited decks don't have a three drop? Sure. And so that's... That's the thing. It dies to absolutely... Like, it dies to anything that, that meets that condition, right? Because a 6-1, like, doesn't have Trample, doesn't have First Strike, doesn't have Haste. Like, I could see playing this card and you have to get lucky with what you roll. Like, there's that random element and then it's like, oh, yeah, then, you know, they had a 2-drop, a 3-drop and a 4-drop because they've got a limited deck and they built it with a curve. So, no matter what I roll, this card's useless and it's a 4-mana 6-1 it's, like... Cut. I would have been better kind of. I mean, red has a lot of pump spells. So the fact that it doesn't have haste and it has the clause of must attack each turn, like, I think you can work around it. I'm not saying it's amazing. I'm not saying it's like, it's, you know, red's got a, a lot of pump spells. It's, it's but not a mythic. If it's, yeah, well, a lot if, of pump spells. First strike two, as well. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, you might go. Oh, I would have been able to pump it, but it's got protection from converted yeah, mana cost too. It has <laughs> protection from your spells as well. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I'm not feeling this card. I, oh, I didn't I, even it's realize splashy that. And it's cool. It's splashy <laughs> and it's cool, but I, I don't think it's particularly good. One card I do feel though is this Hound of Athros. I think I'm pronouncing it right. Oh, that's Joel's favorite. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I love that card. It's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to read, us out, read it out for us Scott For those who haven't uh... Alright it's a legendary creature hound um, It's uh, one white one black And one colourless Or one 
any color. Generic. Uh, generic. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, it's got Vigilance, Menace, and Lifelink. Uh, creature cards in graveyards can't enter the battlefield. Love that. Players can't <laughs> cast spells from the graveyards. I love that too. Would you be aiming this at anyone, yes. any particular cat players? <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> but Scott, it's got Lifelink. You hate Lifelink. No, I love Lifelink. I just, but I love the fact that you can't cast from graveyards. That's even better. <laughs> so, um, if this has a shell to go in, Shorty, because often we see these really powerful cards, but they don't have a home. Like yeah. that's not uncommon. But if this has a a, a shell that is a a, a tier one one point five deck in standard, um, does this kill the cat oven combo, or do you just you just um, you know? save your murderous riders for this and yeah you probably just play around it I don't, I don't think like the that's the thing with the cat oven deck is it's it's so resilient and it can just grind for so long that it, it pro- just doesn't really matter like yeah. you it's like oh yeah you played that dude now my i can't pr- bring my cat in this turn okay well, i'm gonna untap and then i'm gonna kill your your hound and now i'm gonna bring my cat back and yeah, well, you bring like, your okay, cat I, back a bunch of times with this guy on the stack, let him resolve, yeah, yeah, untap, exactly. then kill yeah. it. Yeah, yep. yeah, okay. Um, like players can't cast spells from graveyards. That's obviously aimed at escape cards because that shuts shuts that off. So I mean, if if we see a an escape deck that gets really popular, then yeah, this guy's probably going to see a, a fair bit of play. But I mean, it's a decent card. Like it's it's kind of other than missing haste, it's sort of similar to um, the questing beast. Like it's. The yeah, three if, heads, three abilities seems to be the, the way to go for Wizards these days. Yeah, if I was playing, you know, let's say I was playing a hypothetical black-white knights deck, um, like this guy would be in some number in my sideboard at the very least. Like I, I think it's a um, – but he's probably got good enough stats to to be in the main deck in, in, in a lot of decks as well. So, yeah, it's something that you've got to be aware of. Just, yeah, just, definitely. Just to uh, – what Joel said before about me hating Lifelink, he's actually quite right. I do hate Lifelink normally when I'm playing a red deck. <laughs> but if I'm playing a white deck, I love Lifelink. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the last card that I, I wanted to talk about, and um, Uro got um, mentioned um, before, uh, but I just want to uh, say anybody who plays Muldrotha in Commander is obviously going to be pretty excited about this card. It um, fits the theme really well. I'm... Uh, I'll be looking for a foil if anyone wants to trade me one uh, to go into my Multivithy deck. Thank you very much. I'll be putting that card straight into the Simic Ramp Boar deck that I've been also playing on Arena because, uh, yeah, that's definitely uh, definitely going to help with the ramp. and Yeah, it does everything you want, doesn't deck. it? You playing yeah, Grow Spiral basically. in that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I saw Meng- Menguchi uh, today. They've had the streamer event, the Theros streamer event, where they've given a bunch of people... Uh, Wizards, if you're listening, next time you do one of these things, we would like to have access to this as well. That'd be really cool. Completely unlocked accounts. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I saw Mangucci post today the decks that he was going to be playing on the streamer event, and one of them was his the Simic Ramp deck, um, the Finale Boar deck, and he basically took out two Quasi Duplicates, one Agent of Treachery, and one Hydroid Crisis, and put in four of that Uro, whatever, however you say its name. And, uh, yeah, go for it. So I could definitely see that being quite good, and, and I've had a bit of fun playing that deck. So, yeah, I'll be uh, be keen to give that a crack as well. Uh, I think that's all we'll probably touch on for Theros. Like I said, if you want a bit more advice on how to play at a pre-release and sort of how the night works, that sort of thing, then go back and look at our previous episodes. But, uh, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how Theros sort of shapes 
the the uh, meta game because it's been a little bit stale for for a little while now. So we, it could do with a uh, a little bit of a shake up. So we uh, speaking of going to next level games Ringwood. Man, I'm just smashing these uh, these segues tonight. They're they're just so smooth. <laughs> The Magic Beans are combining <laughs> with Next Level Games Ringwood. <laughs> Joel, so can good. you host again next week? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit out of practice. He's never going to get better if we don't let him keep doing it, man. He, he forgot to wear his fares. That's the problem. Yeah, that's it. I'm, yeah. Anyway. Yes, we are. The Magic Beans are hosting or, or uh, helping to put on a bushfire relief tournament. I know Chewy, you've been sort of the one driving this in the background. Yeah. But uh, in case, in case you don't know, somehow, if you're somewhere in the world that you haven't heard the fact that most of Australia is on fire or has been on fire for the last few months, we have some massive bushfires here, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of. A lot of devastation that's happened. A lot of people's houses are getting destroyed, and uh, yeah, it's been a lot of a lot support. of wildlife dying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And a lot of sort of cries for support, and uh, yeah, we we uh, we sort of thought as a podcast we'd do what we can. So, Chewy, you've been sort of spearheading this. Do you want yeah, to give us a bit so of a rundown? I, I read online this week that an area the size of Scotland uh, has already been burnt, and those fires are expected to burn because of where they're burning in some pretty remote places. Uh, they're expected to burn for you know a- another month at least. So um, it's a, a lot of uh, a lot of um, a lot of area burnt, and a lot of uh, people and animals uh, impacted by that. And me personally, um, the place I grew up on the south coast of New South Wales was uh, was hit really severely. Uh, I've had some uh, some friends that I went to school with lose their houses and. Um, you know, uh, been, you know, really badly affected. Some people were, were cut off and um, uh, one of the girls I went to school with had her power restored today after 17 days without it. So um, food and uh, things have been an issue. But, yeah, so I, I've, you know, also com- felt compelled to, to help, to do something. And, you know, I could jump online and, and donate um, my, you know, what I could afford or I could... Uh, spend a bit of my time and you know try, try to bring the magic community together and ultimately donate more than I would be able to do as you know an individual so this is a way that we can help so sh- massive shout out to Andy from Next Level Games at Ringwood who agreed um, without any hesitation uh, to uh, help us out with this so on the 9th of February uh, which is in about uh, I don't even know the date. This now in about three weeks' time from when we're recording this, uh, we're going to hold a um, yeah a fundraiser event, and the the generosity of of, of the beans and um, Andy and the other people involved um, in this has been absolutely incredible. The um, the donations that have flooded in uh, are absolutely like mind blowing, um, and just goes to show you know like. Australians have gone, you know, we need to help and people, people want to help and to, to be able to help by playing magic, uh, it makes helping really easy. So, uh, I did a quick tally today and things that have been donated thus far, are exceeding $1,500 worth. And we're talking, we're talking, um, savannas and scrublands, original jewel lands, um, and, uh, sealed boxes, um, shorties, flooded strand, national play, nationals play mat still in in the plastics, never had a card on it. Um, 
all sorts of things like that. Uh, the San Diego Comic-Con um, Planeswalker promos, which are incredible, um, and um, some judge foils, which are sweet. And so what we'll be doing is uh, we're running two events. So uh, kicking off at 11 is Australian Seven Point Highlander. Uh, we'll put the link to the um, to that format in the um, in the show notes. But uh, effectively, Highlander is think vintage cube or holiday cube that's been on Magic Online, but the constructed version. Uh, and there's a there's a points list uh, for uh, the really powerful cards. It's basically the sweetest format. It's the best way you could possibly play Magic. So if you've never done that, um, look it up and uh, build a deck. It's going to be amazing. Um, and and then uh, kicking off a couple of hours after Highlander starts will be a Pioneer event, uh, which uh, I know a bunch of the Beans are pretty excited about. And Scott, you're hoping to um, to make it up as well. Uh, so yeah, it's, and we're going to have a bunch of auctions and uh, something that I'm really excited about. And again, um, the generosity of of the Beans and shout out to Matt who has donated this. But if you enter the event. You'll be entered into the draw to win a foil scalding tarn, which is absolutely insane. Um, like it, it's an enormous prize, and we're just giving that away. That's been donated, so just just come and uh, sign up for the event and hang around for the day, and you'll get you'll get the chance to to win a pretty epic prize as well. So um, all proceeds are going to the. Uh, CFA or Country Fire Association or Authority um, bushfire disaster appeal and and that money goes directly to the firefighters that are on the front line so from from speaking to to people I went to school with and and um, you know you've only got to watch the news like these people are saving people's properties and in a lot of cases saving people's lives and uh, in in some really tragic cases in doing that with they've lost their own lives and and that is you know a, a tragedy that they've put themselves in that situation to to help others and you know what this what this appeals doing is is giving them equipment it's it's literally you know the the fuel in the in the trucks and in the helicopters to fight these fires it's it's the equipment the safety equipment that they wear the, the masks to protect them from the smoke etc so you know we can't give enough to these people really and the opportunity to give that to uh, give that give back uh, as you know as a magic community um to such you know to these people that are you know they're heroes to he, us you know these guys they're, are legends right they're, yeah. they're all volunteers as well they're, they're not being paid yeah. to do any of this they've just gone well my neighbor's house is on fire we should just put it out right and they you know they're in the worst possible you know circumstances you can imagine these bushfires are inconceivable in in, in size like you talk about the you know there was a lot of news about the amazon fires and then also the california fires the aussie fires are more than 10 times the size of both of those put together the 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 scale is just uh, uncomprehendable they they reckon that the the smoke from the fires on the east coast are actually going to lap around the world and like hit perth yep so like that's that's across new zealand uh, across the the Atlantic, whatever ocean that is, <laughs> across the across the bottom of South America, uh, and then like wrap back around. It's it's absolutely incredible. Like Melbourne, where we live, this week had you know some of the worst air quality in the world. Uh, it's not just affecting people that are you know on the um, 
you know, on the front lines, but, you know, the health of those around the place as well. Like I, I work in healthcare and, you know, the, the amount of people that are rocking up with respiratory issues, it's, um, yeah, it, a, a lot of people need a lot of help. And, and we, as a, as a podcast and with, with, um, our mates at Next Level Games and uh, Gareth, friend of the podcast, who's a, a magic judge, has volunteered his his time as his contribution to to, to help judge this event. So it'll run smoothly and and professionally. And um, yeah, massive shout out um, to 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 Jim, who's. Uh, helping us actually put this together because we've never done this before so um yeah i really uh, i really am really grateful and and like i've you know i've um i've got a bit of a personal connection to it because of the 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 people and the places uh directly affected and um yeah i i am will be eternally grateful for um everybody who who comes uh, and everyone who has contributed and like just come and play some magic. Like that's all you need to do. Uh, the 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 EV of these events is off the charts. So like if you if you've got a pioneer deck, if you've got a if you've got a Highlander deck, come down and, and play because like it'll be worth your while. And every cent that you donate through your entry and um, through the auctions that will be on the day goes to such a worthy cause. So and, and even if it. you don't like, even if you just want to come hang out for an hour and you know like bid on some some auctions there'll be a few random cards lying around and that sort of stuff and you know if you just want to grab one of us and say hey let's play some standard or whatever we'll all have decks of all descriptions there if you just want to come and support in any way that you can that would be amazing and if you're international and you want to help i mean there are lots of different super worthy organizations the cfa is one that we just kind of picked but you know there are a whole bunch that are um helping the wildlife directly um there's there's lots and lots of worthy causes so if you want to you know donate in some way feel free to you know hit us up on twitter or facebook or something and we can you know send you links to to places that the money will go to the people and you know the animals that need it the most absolutely we'll make sure we put all the links for uh, for the event and all that sort of stuff in in the podcast notes so yeah, definitely, uh, definitely hit that up because it is. Yeah, I mean, we we're pretty lucky where we are in Melbourne that the fires haven't been super close to us. They have been a couple of hours out of Melbourne, but none of us have been affected in terms of our own properties. But yeah, even just the air quality, like the the smoke a couple of days ago, it's like as soon as you walked outside your house, it, it's like I'm standing next to a, a bonfire. That's how thick the smoke is. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. And like Cracker said, these guys that are out there. Put, trying to put out these fires, they're most of them are volunteers and they're not even getting paid. So, anything we can do to help is uh, is going to be great, and it's definitely a worthy cause that the magic community can get behind. So, make sure you show your support in uh, in whatever way you can, and uh, yeah, we hope that we can see you on the day and jam some games with you. Keep an eye out for the guys in the beans t-shirts. <laughs> that, that'll be us. <laughs> that's it even getting some special ones made uh i i hear so we might even um put uh put one or two of those up for for auction if you want to uh get around in your special beans t-shirt and um you know uh rep the cause uh, as well so that should be pretty cool sounds good all right well on to the last thing we just wanted to touch on before we close up tonight we mentioned it i think uh last year it sort of got announced uh, and start of this year, finally uh, got a few more details. So the the good games, we're doing a really good job of spreading the love around to all the stores <laughs> on this episode. <laughs> so good games, which is a, an, another store chain uh, in uh, Australia, and I believe there there's some overseas as well. 
uh, they've announced their uh, championship series. So we sort of touched on it previously that it's, it's a pretty similar to how the SCG circuit works in the States where you play in their, their store events and things like that and build up, build up points. And, uh, yeah, you accrue enough points, you get into their, uh, championship and, uh, you know, win some good prizes at the, um, at the end of the series, that sort of thing. So if your if good games is your local store, make sure you, uh, head to events there. Cause yeah, even, even things like pre-releases give you, um, give you points towards their championship series. So everything that you play in, in their stores is going to go towards it. But the main thing I wanted to quickly look at was their, uh, premier series, which was something that they've, uh, they had sort of mentioned in their announcement last year, which is their, uh, PPT or PTQ weekends. So, uh, good games hosted the MCQs that we played in last year, the, the mythic championship qualifiers. And obviously with all the rebranding that's going on, we're, we're now going to players tours and those sorts of things. So they're no longer running those events. Instead, they're holding almost like GP level events over a weekend. So they're, they're a Saturday and a Sunday and they're, they're going to have main events where you can qualify for the players tour as well as side events running on each day and all that sort of stuff. So it's pretty cool that we're actually getting something like that in Australia because we definitely miss out on, you know, we get our one Grand Prix a year now, which sucks. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, other stores sort of stepping up and, and sort of, putting something on is great for us because uh, we don't get to get many of those things. And it, by them putting out their schedule early in the year, it means we can actually plan ahead. So we're pretty lucky uh, in Melbourne we're going to get two this year. So the first one will be on the weekend of the 7th and 8th of March, uh, which unfortunately is my anniversary weekend, but I'm sure I'll be able to play at least one day. <laughs> <laughs> and, and after that, you'll be able again. to play all the events. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then there's another one in Melbourne uh, in September. But, yeah, there's there's M- Melbourne in March, Adelaide in April, Sydney in May, Brisbane in June, Sydney again in August, and then Melbourne again in September. So big weekend events, uh, plenty of things going on, and it's another chance for you to qualify for the Players Tour. So I'm definitely putting that in my calendar and I think probably a few of you other beans will be doing the same sort of thing and yeah, hopefully we can get there and have a good showing and, and get one of us on the players tour. That would be awesome. Would would be pretty cool. Sounds good. All right. Well, I think that's the last thing we wanted to mention. We've started to run a little bit long tonight and of course we didn't get to any of our topics from <laughs> from our list. So maybe next episode we'll see how we go. <laughs> next episode we'll talk about how we did it the pre release. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and the bannings that will inevitably happen. It's a, it's a never Hopefully cycle. we talk about me winning the PTQ, right? Yes, yeah, that'd be that'd be nice. But uh yeah, I think we'll close it out there before we uh we start rambling and Chewy takes us on another tangent. So if you want to get in touch with us to uh to show some support for the bushfire event or uh yeah, find out any more details or just give us any feedback on the podcast, then uh yeah, make sure you hit us up and you can do that in all the usual places. So send us an email, magicbeanscast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at magicbeanscast. Look for us on Facebook or YouTube. Just search for Magic Beans Cast or Magic Beans Podcast. You'll find us on there. Chewy put up a video recently of him and Cracker doing Vintage Cube. Man, that was so much and, fun. Uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a pretty cool video. And you guys did very well. Just a little spoiler there. But it's, Our deck uh, was pretty broken. Worth, that deck yeah, was go amazing. watch that. It's yeah. pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> definitely worth a watch. Uh, if you want to get in contact with me for any reason, you can find me on Twitter at Peace Inc. Uh, Chewy, you are... 
At Chewy MTG. Cracker. At Joel Hill underscore. And Scott. At The Real Blaster. Very good. And that'll do us this week. Thanks for listening to us again. And we will see you next time. 